You're listening to Podcast PXN, PlayStation, Xbox, Nintendo. Let's do this. What is up, guys? Welcome to Podcast PXN, episode 106. I am one of your hosts, local Portland stat boy, Christian Macias, and I'm joined over Discord by Kentucky's number one Spartan and evening grass cutter, Daniel Prindle, Wait, a.k.a. Dan is DTM. Are you, what? Are you sure it's not Texas's best grass cutter? Cause all right. I already apologize in the pre-show that you're not from Texas. You're from <laughs> Kentucky. All right. Uh, as well as the Nintendo aficionado, Roro. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Thank you to everyone watching us live and participating in the chat. Just as a reminder, we are live each and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern on YouTube. Just search podcast PXN as well as over on twitch.tv slash podcast PXN. The topic of the show this week is our Nintendo Direct recap, as well as our overall thoughts on the state of Nintendo. But first, the show always starts with the PXN news of the week. Let's go ahead and jump right in. Dan, give us a little jingle before we start diving into the news. Give us a little little song here. A little jingle? Yeah. (laughs) Christian apparently linked. Oh, okay. did Did I link the wrong thing? No, you, so. you linked my tweet that says I want it that way from Backstreet. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Scroll up and you will find that the first news item today comes from Respawn, not from Dan as DTM. <laughs> of course, uh, last week on the show, we ended with, uh, towards the end of the discussion, we were talking about whether or not Titanfall 2 would ever come back. And consensus was that, like, you know, never say never, but it's not looking likely. Well, immediately after the show ended, Respawn comes with a tweet saying, uh, contrary to some folks to what some folks are reporting, Titanfall is the, the very core of our DNA. Who knows what the future holds? And Roe immediately tagged us and was like, huh? <laughs> it was more of a, huh. Huh. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like, interesting. <laughs> so coming okay. back to that question, uh, I want to ask both of you, do we think we'll ever see a new iter- uh, iteration of Titanfall come out now that which respawn has shed a bit more light, I guess, on the state of mind at the studio. Uh, I, for me, I still think it's going to be a very, very long time, even if if it is a thing coming. Um, I I did listen to some other like uh, people in the spaces uh, idea of this uh, or reactions to this, and I think the general consensus is that it's in their best interest to make us feel as though there is one coming and just to like have the mind share is what I saw a lot. It's that like, it's, it's good to have the fans hoping for that because there's apex legends that feeds off of Mm. that. And just keeping fans around in anticipation of the potential of a Titanfall breed, despite maybe them never doing one. Um, But I I do think there's one in the future, Um, but I do feel like it's going to be, quite some time until we see it for sure how about you dan personally yeah i I agree with ro like it's gonna be a long time until we see it if it does come and uh i i do think we'll we will see it as well because like why else would they tweet this out i get like you know keeping your mind share of the ip and everything but like if you didn't have plans for titanfall in the future like i doubt they would tweet this out like uh, I don't know. I just feel like they would piss off a lot of people to tweet this out and then never do anything with it. But uh, I guess who knows? Um, but I, yeah, I think maybe like when the Apex team like starts to wind down because eventually that game's like you know games don't last forever. Like 
Fortnite has been going on for so long now, and it's shocked the hell out of me how long it has lasted, uh, considering where it started. Um, but I, I don't think games like will ever get to the point where they last forever and impervious to time. So I think at some point Apex is going to start to wind down, and when that happens, I feel like that team would be the team that would be making a sequel to Titanfall. Sure. And I think what, I don't know, has me curious is like how ambiguous the tweet is. Like, um, who knows what the future holds? Just is so broad of a statement. To me, I immediately thought of, um, what was the new uh, legend? Was it Valkyrie or what was her name? The, um, she was the daughter of one of the the bosses from Titanfall 2. You guys remember this? It came out just a few weeks ago, maybe a few months ago. Like, to me, this tweet could even read into, like, um, because of the lineage of, like, Titanfall in Respawn, like, in, like, even within the world of Titan, or sorry, of Apex Legends, they could bring more elements of Titanfall into Apex Legends and consider that, like, some kind of iteration of Titanfall. But, I mean, like, the tweet says, who knows what the future holds. I would love a Titanfall 3, personally. That's a great point, Christian. Actually, that mm-hmm. like that point actually makes a lot of sense. And like Master Chief Collection had their seasons or whatever, and they had different seasons themed after certain things. So like I could totally see them like theming a season of Apex around Titanfall. That makes sense. That'd be amazing. I would love that. Maybe I would even jump back into the game if that happened. Yeah. Our next uh, news item comes from IGN. Uh, Resident Evil 4 VR release date has officially been announced. And we'll be releasing uh, exclusively on the Oculus Quest 2 next month, October 21st. Some tidbits of info here for you guys. Uh, It supports full motion movement and teleportation travel. So whichever one you're most comfortable with, you can choose between those two options. Uh, Items and weapons can now be drawn directly from your virtual body. So, uh, quote, whether that's reaching to your belt for a gun or pulling a health item from your shoulder, all that stuff is like those menus are happening, you know, with your body. So I think that uh, is really cool. Uh, and then they also did uh, reworked the puzzles and objects like the typewriter um, have all been recreated in VR. So I think uh, there was a clip that came out a few months ago of them messing with the typewriter. You can push individual buttons. I think all of this is really cool. Um, first and foremost, I want to ask if you guys have ever played Resident Evil 4 before. Um, and second... <laughs> Okay, Ro is saying no, <laughs> probably because it's scary. Uh, and my next question is, two, if you haven't played it, are you going to play this iteration of it, or are you interested in playing this iteration of it? I'll start with Ro. I, I'm okay. interested in this answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the answer is uh, is no for both. The, <laughs> I, have, I have not played it uh, before, and the fact that I have not played it like in this reality without the freaking headset on my face there's no chance that i'm playing it like even more you know in that in that uh i'm trying to think of the 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 word for it um immerse yes exactly Mm -hmm. even more immerse in that in that world there's no way that i'm going to be able to do that um i have heard amazing things about that game um that it's that's like more action than uh scary uh that it's it's one of the best in the Resident Evil uh, franchise. I've, I've heard those things before. So things like that definitely make me want to try it. And then I remember it's a horror game. And I'm like, I don't know. 
it might be too scary for me. But I have been coming out of my shell for those types of games, so maybe someday I'll I'll try the actual game. Not VR, no way. But maybe I'll try the regular game someday. Have you done any VR at all, Ro? Just curious. No. Did besides mm. like at arcades before? I played like Job Simulator at like a local arcade a while ago and some other basic game, but besides that, no, I have not really uh, tried VR for, for real. Okay. We're going to make a milestone here at PXN, and if we get to X amount of whatever we come up with, roll, I'll send Ro my PlayStation VR, and he'll download the Resident Evil oh, demo oh, no. for 7 for Biohazard, and we'll make him play it for stream. <laughs> oh, I'm just kidding. Oh, God. Oh, Dan, God. have you played RE4 before? Yes, yes. RE4 is one of my favorite Resident Evil games. Like, Honestly, probably before the remake of Resident Evil 2, uh, it was my favorite Resident Evil. And then the Resident Evil 2 remake, I love so much. So that probably takes the, the cake for me now. But uh, yeah, Rome, maybe you'll be excited about the Resident Evil 4 remake if that ends up coming true and happening. Yeah. Oh, that would be so good. But uh, in terms of this VR experience, uh, it does sound interesting and something that I would like to try. Um, I don't know how much this is or anything like that, but I, I'm definitely interested and maybe I'll get it down the line to check it out because I have a quest too. Um, and it sounds interesting, like the typewriter. You can type out, you know, single letters. So that means like you can type your entire save out. They're going to make you type your whole save out like the, the data file. I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I, yeah. I know it's. Yeah, I know it's marketing speak in the article, but they were talking about how different um, the experience of playing RE4 in VR is to actually playing the game. I never beat RE4, Ooh. so I was like, re I've been really hyped for RE4 remake because I loved two remake, and I had fun with three remake, even though I didn't. Yeah, in the meantime, holding me over, I think. It, experiencing what i think is probably one of the best horror games probably ever made not just in terms of the resident evil franchise but horror games and all together being able to experience it in this new and interesting way i think is gonna be really cool and it's just an excuse to bust my quest out again i think so i'm i am very excited for this and then it should make the i think the action sequences more immersive if i'm pulling out my shotgun from like by reaching you know to my back or whatever i think it's gonna be really cool like does that mean, like, is there a certain amount of, like, spots, so to speak, on your body that you can attach things to? Or can I, like, just do whatever? Like, can I put a grenade in my mouth? Like, store a grenade? I don't know if that would work. <laughs> but I I think from what I've seen from the clips that they showed off uh, a few months ago, yeah. they're, like, um, on your body at in certain positions. They're, like, the menu is there. So hmm. there are, like, a few squares that you can place things there. Nice. holster them i guess yeah should be cool well uh, i'll give you more of my thoughts then i guess when i played in october <laughs> but until then got some more news for you this comes from the playstation blog we got a closer look at aloy's new character model from horizon forbidden west uh, it includes peach fuzz and smooth contouring uh, more skeletal joints for improved facial expressions um, and this is i think the most interesting point uh, the PS4 version will not be compromised. I have a quote here. It's very important to us as a studio to ensure PlayStation 4 players get an equally immersive experience. With our knowledge from Horizon Zero Dawn, we knew that we still had some unexplored resources that could push the realism and quality of our character assets forward. Um, I think this is really cool. 
Uh, I know that we had discussions here on the podcast before about like cross-generation games and our, and our thoughts on you know PS5 console exclusives and you know games like Gran Turismo that are also cross from PS4 and PS5. I think the team at Guerrilla really working on improving what was already amazing in Zero Dawn for the sequel of um, Forbidden West like this is insane to me. I, I don't know how they're they're getting the team to pull stuff like this um, on a PS4 hardware that's, for me, I thought was already on you know the way out and they're trying to get PS4, PS5 models out into you know more people. But yeah, I want to hear your guys' thoughts on the new character models in the new Aloy model in Forbidden West. Yeah, I think I think it looks amazing. Like I, it's incredible. Like they're even detailing like her hair improvements, like relaxed braid style, which is just insane. And the hair was already really good in the last game. And I feel like I feel like there was like a demark a line of demarcation for hair in video games, and like before uh the newest tomb raider reboot like there was one type of hair and then after the tomb raider reboot we've gotten like pretty good hair now so like it's very interesting uh like all the little details that they're putting into the character models now and it looks really good and yeah like you said christian freaking what eight-year-old hardware with the ps4 that they're able to do this with is just insane and it's only a good thing yeah it's yeah (laughs) it's only a good thing that we're you know you're getting this game into more people's hands which is going to in turn make the franchise more successful for the future so yeah i'm very very excited about this despite those crazy people that were saying oh my gosh look at aloy's like nose or whatever i don't know they were saying oh that's right yeah Weren't they like mad that she wasn't smiling or something? I don't, I don't know. That yeah. she wasn't. Even... They were, they were upset that she didn't look feminine enough, or that she had like a more angular face than like a woman are is a, are supposed to apparently. But if you look at this picture, very clear that Aloy is very pretty. Yes. And they did a great job with all the graphics and stuff like that. Uh, the the funny you said like the Tomb Raider thing because that's exactly what I was thinking when I looked at her hair. I was like, remember when? It, uh, Laura Croft's ponytail would be like clipping through her while she'd be running and I can't mm. imagine what this is going to look like when Aloy is running with obviously longer hair and more hair that they put so much effort into making sure the hair looks good and looks natural so I'm definitely excited to see how that's going to look on a PS4 let alone a PS5 <laughs> so yeah it's it's going to be uh, incredible and yeah I can't wait to see more good on Gorilla for taking the time to perfect it for, for both consoles I think we can all agree that no matter where you're playing on, gamers are indeed winning in the late the last few years. Like games are really cool right now. Agreed. Indeed. And I cannot wait for whatever Naughty Dog does because it's going to it's this is this is incredible. But whenever Naughty Dog does their their thing, it's going to be for like night and day. Yeah. It's going to be insane. I can't wait. Speaking of Naughty Dog, row, it was the Last of Us day on Sunday. Uh, and they had some stuff here for us. Uh, of course, they, they had some new gear up on the PlayStation blog. They had a statue of Joel. But most importantly, because we talked about this last week, uh, Naughty Dog has revealed a first look at HBO's The Last of Us series starring Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. It's literally just one picture. Um, and I have I have no words. This is not like, oh my God, this is amazing. Are you kidding me? This looks like the concept art that came with The Last of Us 1. 
Yeah, it, it looks awesome. I, I And what excites me so much is that not only the characters look accurate, and just looking from the back, though, so I'm excited to see what they look face on, uh, what Pedro Pascal looks with, like with a Joel, Joel beard and maybe uh, Bella Ramsey has some freckles. I don't know if she actually does in mm-hmm. real life, but it'll be cool to see what they do. Um, but what's more exciting is that they're definitely doing some things a little bit different, like that plane scene definitely wasn't in the first game so it's going to be interesting to see what kind of situations they put uh joel and ellie in this one to kind of make it a bit different i'm sure they're going to be some story beats that they repeat but they're definitely obviously going to have a couple of changes as well that can excite people like me who have played the game so many times but there's still going to be some some new things to look forward to so definitely excited for that all right guys i figured out the entire plot of this series by this one (laughs) screenshot Wow. Let's strap in everyone. <laughs> let's take, let's take a let's take a time jump back. You know, Uncharted Three had a plane crashing. Okay. Nathan Drake, <laughs> Nathan Drake hanging from this plane falling apart. That's the yeah, plane. That's and the this plane. this series is a crossover with Uncharted. Nathan Drake comes up here. You know, Tom Holland comes over the hill. <laughs> I'm Whoa. here, guys. Boom. You just blew my mind. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Oh my God. <laughs> Uncharted, a Last of Us crossover confirmed. Confirmed. Uh, uh, my last yeah. question before we move on here is, do you think we see more of it by year's end uh, of the show? Maybe uh, a, a small teaser at uh, the Game Awards. What, what do we think here? Maybe not Game Awards, because I don't think Jeff typically does anything like TV or movie related. I, I could be wrong, really, mm. but uh, I don't know. Yeah, he loves his he loves his partnerships. That's true. I definitely think we'll see more before the end of the year. Um, like even if it's something small, like I, I think we'll see like little snippets like this. Like I don't think we'll see like a full yeah. blown trailer or anything yet. But where the hell's the Halo TV series trailer? I was about to ask you. Perfect, perfect <laughs> segue, Dan. I know we've talked been talking a lot about the last two weeks, two weeks about the last of his show. But season one, I, we talked about a few weeks ago of the Halo show. Uh, was did that finish production? Is that coming soon? Do you have any more news on that? It's supposed to be coming spring next year because it was okay. it was pushed back due to COVID because it was supposed to launch this year and it got pushed pushed back due to COVID. But uh, yeah, I don't I don't know. I want to see it. I want to see what it looks like. There have been leaks like unverified link leaks that look freaking phenomenal that i've seen a couple screenshots of and i'm like oh my god i will cry myself to sleep if that's it I'm always down for some good sci-fi shows so yes very excited to see how that how that one's uh, scoping up to be moving on guys we've got a bigger story here we talked about this last week as well we got some more details uh this comes from gamesindustry.biz twitch Finally announced its partnership with Warner Music Group. Uh, last week, we were just talking about reports of them uh, working together. We got an actual announcement of their partnership. And I've got quite a lot of information here. So bear with me as I, I read through some of this Buckle and we'll get up. reactions after. Buckle up. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so it's not the partnership we thought necessarily uh, where creators have the tools to use licensed music. And it's instead aimed at existing music artists. Uh, Chief Digital Officer, uh, ooh, uh, bear with me with this name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Una Rixandra says, quote, our partnership creates an on-ramp for artists to come onto the service, which 
with strong support from Twitch, opening up an entirely new source of incremental revenue. Between the artist-specific channels and the premium shows we're planning to launch, music lovers will get a refreshing new view into the world of music and the lives of their favorite artists, unquote. Uh, uh, more tidbits here. The partnership with WMG will see the launch of WMG artist channels, including artists like Bella Porch and Saweetie. The move empowers Warner Music's talent to tap into Twitch's unique creator-driven model, opening up additional income opportunities, as well as access to Twitch's fan engagement tools to get to know their audiences better. Still more to read. Hang on just another minute. The standalone WMG space prom promises to be a, uh, an up-to-the-minute exclusive experience as one of the premium music-centric channels on Twitch. It will feature professionally produced original programming curated by leading social-first digital media company IMGN, which WMG acquired last year. The channel will cultivate social interactivity and music discovery amongst next-gen music heads and see regular appearances from top artists across the musical spectrum. Upcoming program includes uh, The Drop, Freestyle Throwdown, and The One. Uh, last bit here. Additionally, Twitch has created new processes that participating music rights holders, including WMG, can opt into to report certain uses of their music to address when creators inadvertently or incidentally use music in their streams. That was pasted on at the very end, and I was paying attention to the wording here. The focus of the whole article seems to me like it isn't on the small streamer alone using these music, but is instead kind of, um, what, what would you call it? like an MTV-like service on Twitch where you hop onto the channel of WMG and there's like Twitch streamers, they're doing different music um, live streams, whatever it be, you know, their original programming. Not so much uh, the other way, uh, what we thought of last week. So I want to hear your guys' thoughts on how you feel about them using the Twitch platform for existing artists to be using this space versus um, small streamers being able to use music. Yeah, it's just weird. Uh, I guess I, I, I'm not sure that this is necessarily the space that's needed for uh artists that are already like big and like already you know i don't know i guess it could go one way or the other because it's like something a goal for people to attain like if you get so big as an artist like i know there's a lot of uh art original artists that are on twitch um that kind of try to get people to to tune into their streams and stuff like that um but i feel like i i may be wrong in my uh my assessment of this but it feels like they're just highlighting the top of the top and then the people that are you know doing the day-to-day -day stuff like doing that original content are just kind of being pushed to the bottom of twitch again and it, it doesn't really you know lend itself to make people go out and, and search out their own you know uh favorite people that that they want to tune into so um I, I don't know it's it's interesting and this is there's a lot of like jargon in here like that it's it's I don't know. It's too press releasey for me. I'm like, I don't. My small brain doesn't comprehend press releases, <laughs> dude. Yeah. It reads. It reads so much like corporate forcing their way into an existing space and being like, "All right, well, small creators be damned." Like, we want in on this market too. Mm -hmm. uh, what? Do, how do you feel, Ro? Yeah, I feel like exactly the same way. I hope that there's like some way for them to include like up-and-comers or people who have been on the platform for a very long time that 
that kind of deserve the spotlight maybe on one of their shows they just bring them on we'll see but like like what daniel and you were saying what what they've written here doesn't seem to be doesn't seem to be the case and the way that they're talking about it definitely seems the opposite of of that um and i'm very disappointed <laughs> that it's not going to make it easier to like for the for the other streamers to like participate in streaming music or yeah that that's the part that i think want, that we all wanted to be addressed the most mm-hmm. and it is it is just really weird we'll have to wait and see to see what it what it actually looks like but from reading this it just seems it just seems weird it doesn't seem like i don't know <laughs> kind of hard to see who the market is yeah, this is for right definitely i yeah yeah we'll see i know what like drake was on twitch at one point but he was playing fortnite and there's yeah. they're they're playing video games and stuff like that and i feel like the people who want to listen to music probably aren't going to go to twitch first um i, I don't know we'll, we'll see we'll see <laughs> yeah. yeah at the very least maybe podcast pxn switches to a music channel yeah, we just yes. play dj hero or rock band together we we tell the news <laughs> in musical form <laughs> Uh, you say that, but you didn't want to give me a jingle earlier, so. <laughs> this is the musical special of Podcast PXN. Yeah. Woo! That was terrible. Never again. I loved it. I loved it, though. I loved it. Uh, moving on, we got another article here from GamesIndustry.biz. The PS5 has sold over 1 million units in the UK, making it the fastest-selling PlayStation console in UK history. Um, and then in that article itself, it's talking about uh, digital versus um, physical sales. Interestingly enough, uh, while the digital market is um, dominated in the UK by Sony, the physical market is actually dominated by uh, the Nintendo Switch, which I found to be kind of interesting. So big congrats to, uh, I mean, le- legit all the consoles. I don't know, uh, the article didn't include any physical sales or I guess any sales for the Xbox, but I'm assuming all three are doing very well from what i've heard from xbox uh, their own press releases in the from this year it's you know the fastest selling xbox consoles so all three are no different uh, big congrats to the ps5 for surpassing 1 million in the uk we love to see gamers winning yes but also why aren't ps5s more readily available i mean i know why but <sighs> yeah it's still very hard <laughs> very true we'll That's get you bad. one we'll get you one row Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, I, I wanted to include this from X, the Xbox Wire. Uh, Dan was talking about this not too long ago. Dolby Vision Gaming is now available on Xbox Series X and S. Some uh, bullet points here for you. Gaming in Dolby Vision launches today. This was a few days ago. On the Series X and S, more than 100 next-gen HDR titles optimized for the Series X and S are available now or coming soon in Dolby Vision. Uh, in addition, thousands of classic HDR10 and auto HDR games will benefit from improved picture quality through Dolby Vision Enhancement. Um, the Xbox Series X and S are the first game consoles to support gaming in Dolby Vision and Dolby Atmos. Amazing, by the way, Dolby Atmos. Are you kidding me? Which enhance gameplay with both full-spectrum visuals and immersive audio. Lastly, Dolby Vision is compatible with next-gen features available on the Series X and S, such as DirectX, ray tracing, automatic low-latency mode, and variable refresh rate, and up to 120 frames per second. That is some very cool stuff to be seeing from the Xbox space. Uh, I think if you're at home and you have 
the capabilities of gaming with Dolby Vision and uh, with Dolby Atmos, I think that'll make for some really awesome gaming. Dolby Atmos, I think specifically, like the audio of that is like super cool. Um, they're able to kind of mimic 3D audio as well with Dolby Atmos and just having like just heavy bass and that like it's going to make for some really cool moments when you're playing games like maybe Battlefield or, you know, the next Halo, the next Gears. Dan, I want your thoughts here on on uh, Vision Gaming. Yeah, I was watching the the video that they produced with this, and the colors uh, is the biggest thing that pop out the most. Like, it, it's so much brighter and more vibrant. Like, and I don't know if this is marketing. Like, they're kind of, like, downgrading the other one just to, like, you know, make it more jarring. I'll have to, like, do some testing on my own to, like, see, like, how, how much of this is, like, marketing speak versus, like, actual real world results but if it actually looks like what the trailer they're showing is like the comparison it looks significantly better like it's a lot it's it pops more like the colors pop more it's a lot brighter i really do like that and uh my tv does support dolby vision and uh normal hdr 10 so i could definitely turn off uh, Dolby Vision and see what it looks like. Turn on Dolby Vision and then see what it looks like and see like the differences firsthand. So I'm definitely interested to see this because um, they showed Gears Five uh, like side by side and it, it is a pretty pretty decent difference. And that's actually something that I noticed last gen with some games like some games that didn't really do HDR like properly or or the right way or I don't mm. know I don't I don't know how you do that but uh it it always looked dark like uh like certain scenes like were always very like muddy and like dark and i don't know if that was a product of like them being early on with hdr or if that's a product of hdr 10 versus dolby vision so yeah it'll be interesting to kind of check this out and see see what it looks like Des- I know Destiny's HDR settings, to your to your point, Dan, were, were a little weird for me when I first started yeah. fixing HDR in Destiny. I, yeah, it was coming out a lot darker, and the I mean the colors were had some great contrasts, and like uh, they were a lot brighter. But the darks were like especially dark and like kind of almost like grimy a little bit in some places. But I didn't know if that was just me or or Destiny, but who knows? Uh, Ro, what are your thoughts here on on Dolby Vision Gaming? Do you have an uh, Xbox pretty... that you can uh, use this with? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. But I do think it's really cool. I did. Uh, I watched the same video that Dan's talking about, and I was. I thought it was really cool. I liked. I like the the uh, the upgrade. But like Dan was saying, did they just pick the worst of the worst television to compare it to, or or not? But uh, yeah, I think this is great. Again, Microsoft with the awesome consumer moves and. Uh, Consumer first moves, I should say, and yeah, they they keep winning in in this in this specific department where it comes from like the quality of life and just general pleasant upgrades for their player base. So good on them for, for including this. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, for the everyday people who's out there who maybe don't have an upgraded TV or an upgraded Xbox when they do eventually upgrade. I don't know, maybe the guy at, at Target or Best can be like, yo, are you interested in gaming? If so, you might consider an Xbox because it supports, you know, so-and-so with this TV. I don't know. That, that, that could be potentially very cool for people who are upgrading very soon. Moving on, some Nintendo news here for you. 
the Super Nintendo World theme park at Universal Studios Japan is getting a Donkey Kong expansion <laughs> set to open in 2024. Guys, when are we going to Japan to check this out? <laughs> 2024, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, when man. somebody drugs me and and puts me on an airplane because I hate airplanes. Oh I'm God. sorry to hear that. <laughs> my wife's is... body's drug onto an airplane. Jesus. <laughs> Bro, uh, you were saying? No, I'm just saying this is really cool. I, I I was really impressed by like the level of detail that they did in the Super Mario World. Uh, in Universal Studios Japan, despite it being a really small space, they were able to like fit a lot of really cool uh, stuff in there. And from what I'm seeing here, the Donkey Kong area seems to be probably a little bit bigger. Maybe that's kind of playing tricks yeah. on me because of that wall, it looks really long, but it doesn't look like it actually go around there. But it, I think it'll be really cool. And, and it looks like they're best into that side of the park as well. So definitely excited to see what it looks like in 2024 which seems like a long time but it's really not that far away so yeah very exciting i, I think i read I that not. it's oh sorry christian i, I no, think please. i think i read that it expands it by 70 percent. so it's a it's a decent amount of that wow. it's expanding it um but uh yeah it looks super cool and donkey kong's a completely different theme than the mario stuff so it's really cool to have you know them right next to each other that you can just experience it all at the same time that's pretty awesome um but yeah i think that was like you said ro the space was the major uh, issue with super nintendo world was how small it is so this will definitely help uh help with that aspect of it I'm I, I know it's a, yeah i was doing that just now too with 70 percent. i don't know if like all that is going to be dedicated to, like, I don't think that necessarily means, like, more stuff to do. Because judging off the concept picture that they have here, there's, like, a huge beachfront and, like, a pool. So that might mm -hmm. contribute to somewhat sort of that 70%, as well as that, whatever that wall is there. I mean, that could be, like, another, like, a coaster inside, maybe, like, one of those, mm -hmm. um, the minecart rides. Ooh. I think it is. There's, like, a, there looks like to be, like, a track in between like the gray picture or the gray picture the gray structure and the gold structure there's like like that would be I think, cool a freaking minecart ride yeah it looks really cool but yeah just like christian was saying it looks like the buildings are taking up more space than the actual ground and you know it looks like there's two rides in there at most it looks like yeah it's still cool. Either, still very cool. either way, this looks fantastic. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I genu genuinely want to go to Universal Studios Japan. Like, the Mario World stuff looked really cool, but now, like, maybe I would wait to even go until the DK stuff opens up. Yeah. Maybe they'll include some movie cameos in 2024. Yeah, Chris Pratt is just walking around in the Mario. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> but we are getting ahead of ourselves there. More of that in topic of the show. Until then... Got another news item from the Xbox Wire. Big win for Microsoft here. Uh, Marvel's Avengers is headed to Xbox Game Pass this week on September 30th. Um, also, including uh, senior producer Dan Matlick said that the spot uh, just on Avengers stuff said that Spider-Man will have his own story and cutscenes when he makes his long-awaited appearance in Marvel's Avenger later this year. Um, I found that interesting to have these two items drop on the same day because on one hand you're getting this big win uh for microsoft and game pass to have a big game like avengers come to the service to the service while at the same time we're getting news of playstation getting 
more story content that's going to be exclusive on that platform. Xbox presumably won't be able to play ever or maybe a year after it launches on PlayStation. So I kind of wanted your guys' top-level thoughts on those two uh, big news items, starting with Dan. Yeah, and like you're saying, I think it's ever because I don't think this is timed at all. I think the Spidey deal was Sony was like, hey, we want Spider-Man exclusive. What do we got to do? And that's what they did. But uh, yeah, it's interesting, the the dichotomy of the the news, because they kind of go in contrast to one another. Um, But it does suck for me because I freaking bought this game and I haven't even played it and I shouldn't have bought it. I should have just waited and I could have played it on Game Pass, but oh well. Uh, hopefully this kind of expands the uh, population for event Marvel's Avengers because uh, I know it's been suffering in recent weeks and I hope they continue to add content to it because um, I know a lot of people have enjoyed it, so... Uh, it will be interesting to see. And actually, this just made me think of something that I forgot to put on the topic. Uh, the topics this week, Crystal is working with uh, the initiative on Perfect Dark, so that mm. may signal the end of support for Marvel's Avengers sometime soon. Uh, not like I don't think soon, like this year or anything, but like within the next year, maybe they kind of wind down development on Marvel's Avengers if it doesn't take off and, you know, get more people back on the game. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't think they found the success they were looking for with Avengers, but I think Game Pass could give it a boost in player base. I think it's great timing with the uh, the raid coming out soon. Uh, Ro, any thoughts on your end? Yeah, I thought it was uh, definitely good news. The Xbox Game Pass part, I thought that was definitely good news. And like you said, hopefully that brings in some some more players, people that have been on the fence for a while or people who are just completely written it off and say, oh, maybe I'll give it a shot today just because they have Game Pass. Um, that's the magic of Game Pass because sometimes you just download stuff that you you, you just don't even aren't even on your radar sometimes. Um, so yeah, maybe that'll help uh, boost some of their, their player base and maybe it, it reignites the community and we get some awesome Avengers content in the future. Um, but on the other side of things, like you both said, Spider-Man is coming to PlayStation, not coming to Xbox. So this it's going to be a while until that potential boost of players on game pass really gets anything crazy because Spider-Man's going to be there and they're not going to get it. And then it's going to be a while until another hero comes out, who knows what the next hero is going to be and how long that's going to take to come out. So yeah, they're they're not getting anything exciting anytime soon, but hopefully Square Enix is happy with uh, the hopeful boost in players. Hopefully they'll get that at least. They did just announce too that the um, Infinity War suit of Captain America yeah. is coming to Avengers as well. So I saw that. Yeah. I at least hope that the current players are satiated with the content that's dropping. Hopefully. So I am curious since we are talking about Crystal. What were your guys' thoughts about Crystal teaming up with uh, with the initiative for Perfect Dark? Uh, I I thought it was cool. I didn't think of it too too much. I but but the more that I thought about, it, I was like, why are they even announcing it? It seems to be a bit more yeah. than just a partnership. Then we, we like this happens a lot. Like game developers do partner with each other to help you know develop the game. Mm-hmm. But it did seem like they're making a bigger deal out of it than most. So maybe maybe this does, like you said, maybe it does spell the 
the the inevitable end of whatever they're working on. Hopefully, hopefully not for the Avengers players out there. But yeah, maybe they are really starting to wind down on Avengers content. I I thought it was weird. I don't <laughs> I don't think of Perfect Dark and Crystal like as two things that should go together. Mm. But I mean, who knows? Um, I, I a lot of people in the timeline were like, "Whoa, is this for real?" Like they were didn't seem too happy about it. So I like the Tomb Raider games. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> I think it seems like from my perspective, they're bringing in Crystal for like a veteran leadership type, you know, role because the initiative is a brand new team. They're they've only been around for what like two years now, maybe. And the head, Daryl Gallagher, of the initiative came from Crystal Dynamics. So it makes a lot of sense because he's obviously very familiar with their team. Uh, and maybe he was he went to Phil and was like, hey, we're not hitting our milestones. Like, we're way behind. We need help on this game. And, like, this game was labeled as a quadruple A like, game, like studio or whatever, the initiative. And so, like, I feel like they've already set the expectation for this game. Like, they have to deliver on an amazing right. experience. So, like, uh, I'm, that's just where I'm thinking they just needed to bring someone in. And Daryl Gallagher, obviously, is very familiar with Crystal. So he's like, hey, hey, you guys aren't doing so hot with uh, Marvel's Avengers. Come on over. We'll, we'll help, help, help <laughs> us work on Perfect Dark. Help us help you. Help yeah. us. <laughs> so this could be a very good thing, then, to have, you yeah. know, team sharing resources and kind of guiding them through uh pushing the game that's awesome okay so we should be cautiously optimistic what what, what should we think here dan <laughs> that's what i would I, that's what i would say as of right now okay yeah okay fair enough moving on one of our final items here square enix the lineup for the square enix presents at tgs 2021 has been revealed uh, they're going to be giving us the latest news on upcoming titles such as our uh, act razor renaissance uh chocobo gp ff7 the first soldier or spoken marvel's gardens of the galaxy stranger of paradise final fantasy origin triangle strategy and voice of cards the isle dragon roars guys will you be tuning in to the um score enix presents at tgs this year um, if for nothing but chocobo gp heck yeah that game looks <laughs> so good <laughs> Um, there's only a couple of things on here that I'm really excited for, uh, like Forspoken, uh, Triangle Strategy, and that's it. I think that's it. Those are the two, the two games on this list that I'm excited for. Uh, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, I feel like I've seen enough of that, though. So maybe I'll catch the highlights for this one, yeah. um, and see what, I'm, I'm exactly where we're pulling from. Nebelian will have me covered, I'm sure. He'll post all the all the big news on on twitter so well yeah. it's spread across three days so even even better so i'll tune in for the ones that i'm interested for and just forget the rest yeah <laughs> yeah yeah uh, chocobo I, gets a full hour which is insane sorry dan go ahead that, no, what? <laughs> what no way a whole hour that's incredible no i was just gonna say i echo what rose said uh, i'll maybe tune in for the things i'm interested in guardians first spoken but that's probably about it. You don't want to cause chaos with Stranger of Paradise? Yeah. Chaos. Yeah. I, there I you can't have it. I believe Chocobo GP is getting an entire hour. 
Well, an hour and 15. I don't know if they'll <laughs> actually have stuff out the full hour and 15. <laughs> but according to the schedule, yeah, it's Chocobo from 1 to 2.15. Wow. Wow. All right. Tune in for that for sure. <laughs> uh, more news. Uh, this broke today. It comes from Eurogamer. Well, I'm pulling from Eurogamer. Uh, uh, reports are saying that Spider-Man 2 will be a darker game compared to the first uh, Spider-Man title, and they're comparing the tone of Spider-Man 2 to uh, Star Wars uh, Empire Strikes Back. Does this excite you guys at all? Yes. I mean, with Venom in this game, and, uh, like, obviously we know, like, what a lighthearted Insomniac game is, like, Spider-Man's lighthearted, Ratchet and Clank's lighthearted, Sunset Overdrive's lighthearted... I would love to see a dark uh, take on the Spider-Man universe and, and see like Peter Parker and, and Miles Morales and kind of like, you know, some sticky situations, no pun intended. <laughs> stuck in a web. Oh, yeah, stuck in a web. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Oh, man. It's good. But yeah, that's, this definitely excites me uh, as well um, to see like a darker side of the the this universe would be definitely very interesting as dan said the the first one was was pretty lighthearted it had its moments for sure especially near the end um but it's going to be interesting to see what a, a darker story uh for this spider-man universe looks like as as dan said especially with venom being in, in there and potentially craven the hunter he has had some pretty dark stories in the comics as well with spider-man so it'll be really cool to see what they do Love that people on Twitter are already saying like, "Oh, I guess that means Peter's dying." Oh, Whoa. damn! No That's faith, huh? Jeez, I don't. I I would not have gone there, but okay. <laughs> Jeez. Jeez. I I think we at least get three games with Peter at least. I you hope, think? I would hope. I would hope. You know what? <laughs> I hope he, he doesn't die. He can't die because Spider-Man Three has to have three Spider-Man or Spider it's people. Dude. It has to oh my God. like Spider Gwen. Spider Gwen. Yeah. Spider- I mean, I would lose it, dude. I'd lose it. Oh man, yeah, that'd be awesome. Cannot wait for uh, <laughs> these next Marvel games coming from Insomniac. Don't know how you're doing it, but can't wait for them. <laughs> yes. Our last news item of uh, the week, and this is more just throwing it out there for me. Uh, <laughs> this comes from Nibel. The Super Monkey Ball. First of all, the Super Monkey Ball reviews have gone out today. They're mostly fairly positive. I think mm-hmm. uh, it was around the 70s in the morning. Which is like to be expected, absolutely for sure. Very cool. Uh, but what made uh, fans, or in this case, elite players, according to the article, um, kind of sad, is that the physics have been changed, mm-hmm. um, which completely changes the way, um, like the game functions. Which uh, I think, to me, is very sad. If you want to read more about it, I'd suggest um, reading the articles that Nibel has linked. Otherwise, it's just nerdy stuff about the way physics work in Super Monkey Ball. So a, I, I don't know. As What's a up? fan, Christian, of the original, do you think if they if they even gave a reason, do you think their reasoning for changing the physics was a, was justified, or do you think this is just some some stupid thing that they decided to do? They did. I don't. I have to pull up the article, but the the way they remade the games, um, they did it in a different engine. Okay. Don't know why they did. I I can't. I can't remember why they okay. chose to do it that have, way. Have a reason for it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's, it yeah. seems like similar to like Mass Effect uh, switching engines to Frostbite for Andromeda mm. because like Andromeda was in a completely different engine, so some things like didn't feel the same, and and there were differences that you're like jarring, like the facial animations were just weird, and a lot of that is them like switching engines and working with different tool sets and not knowing like what do I do in this situation in this situation like. Obviously, we're not game developers, but like obviously working with a different, you know, set of tools, aka their game engine is going to probably change some things. So, yeah, that yeah. does suck that uh, that uh, it doesn't keep it intact for enthusiasts like Christian, who's been bananas for Super Monkey Ball. All this to say rip my expectations for this game. I don't think I'll be picking it up anymore. Oh, that's <laughs> yeah. really but it's okay. Yeah, legit. Oh yeah. wow! Wow! I thought you were joking. Oh, that's sad. Like I, I was just, I was like just scrolling and reading stuff about it, and from people that have played it, like just doesn't feel the same. And mm-hmm. um, like there are just kind of frustrating moments that you get with the new engine that just like don't feel right, like leading to kind of a more of a negative experience. Whereas mm-hmm. like if you have never played these games before, like you probably wouldn't really feel yeah. that difference. So I don't know. Gotcha. Have to mm-hmm. pay respects. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Dan. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, guys, we are done with the news of the week, but before we get into topic of the show, I want to know what you are playing. Start top down, Dan. Playing anything? I know. Actually, I know what you played. Tell <laughs> yeah. me about it. I, I've not. I've not played anything new, so I wanted to talk about this. A new Halo fan made short. What this is episode three of this dude's um, series of shorts that he's been working on. So he made the first two episodes like over a year or two years ago. This third episode, my goodness, oh my lord. It's six minutes long, and it is visually stunning. Like, it looks incredible. I wish this dude would make a freaking Halo movie, because it's just absolutely amazing. Like, ugh. It's obviously fan-made, but, like, you can't tell it's fan-made by looking at it. It looks like a freaking CG masterpiece, like. Oh, looks so good and all the sounds are like pulled directly from halo uh so like halo 3 mainly so uh, it gives me the nostalgia and it's kind of it's 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 an its own story that this dude came up with Love it. how do you even make something like this this is insane looking <laughs> yes it's insane I, he, he's been working on it for a year yeah that's and stuff like this like when i'm growing up in in high growing up in high school uh, I would always like to watch like the Mario uh, fights that kids would make on on YouTube. Like they would have like the pixels pulled from or the sprites pulled from the game and make like their own fan animations, like Mario versus Sonic. And this just seems like a, a a natural progression of this, where kids who just love doing stuff like that got older, got better, got better uh, software, and they're just making stuff that they love. So this is really cool. This is awesome. I definitely want to check this as as someone who doesn't even like Halo. This is not not that don't like Halo. It's not a, a, as a big, <laughs> not as a big fan as Dan. I was about is. to say, get out of here. <laughs> uh, it, it's definitely really cool. So awesome. I hope I hope this guy gets a job. Yes, yes. agree. I love when that happens too. Yeah, <laughs> where the fan art just like like leads them to like the the company. This literally looks like cutscenes from cutscene. Blur, Blur, yeah. Blur's um, uh, what should call it? Cutscenes from uh, Halo Two Anniversary and Halo Wars. They did the cutscenes for both of those games, and it looks that level of quality. It's amazing. So good. 
It's a great share, Dan. Yes. Well, how about you? Any games you've been playing? Uh, I am still playing uh, Eastward. I have moved on to Chapter 3. I uh, haven't made that much progress, but it's it's a game that I've been spending a lot of... When I say I'm not making a lot of process, I think it's that I'm taking my time. So even though I'm not making a lot of progress chapter-wise, I feel like I'm still doing a lot when I'm playing, uh, whether it be exploring the world or just progressing the story little by little. Um, the last time I played in Chapter 3, there was like this ghost girl in one of the sections that I was in, and she revealed that there's more stories for her to tell, so you have to go around the town. Uh, I think it's called New Dam City is where I'm at right now. So you find these little shrines, and you go up to them, and she tells you a little spooky story of why this sh- this shrine is here, and she tells you of the person that died or lost her life, and it's like so spooky. But I'm just doing that. Like, I'm not even progressing going around the town looking for these shrines just so she could tell me the spooky story. And it's moments like that that make me really enjoy this game because I'm just in the world, just having a good time. And I'll get to the story when I get to it. I'm having a blast with it so far. So Eastward, still playing that, and probably will be playing it still next week. I want to play that game, but that like time sync to, to it's, play it is... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a meaty game for sure. Mm-hmm. I love it though. I love seeing you on Twitter like post about it too. So yes. it's one that is like probably at the top of the games that I need to play for 2021. Heck yeah. I uh, just started up Sable this week and I talked about this on the pre show, but obviously Japanese Breakfast did the music for it. And I only did like the opening tutorial, which I don't know, takes around like an hour to an hour and a half. And I was surprised that by the time uh, you finish and you're entering the proper world, um, in the game of Sable, and like the the title, of course, splashes across the screen, and the theme of the the game is like it, ramping up. I started to get emotional, and I kind of compare it to like when you leave you when you wake up in Breath of the Wild, and you like walk, and the title comes on, the music hits. Like it's yeah. that level of like emotional, like minimalist indie game. One thing I love about Sable too is that. Uh, the dialogue is both not just whatever the person is saying, but almost um, like narration of what uh, is inside Sable's head. So you're getting kind of her thoughts on the person before the person actually speaks. So it's kind of reading almost like a novel, which I thought was kind of cool to see in a game. And uh, yeah, by the time that tutorial is ending and I'm getting Sable's thoughts on her headspace as she's leaving and heading off into the desert. It's just a very emotional moment. And I uh, I don't know. If you guys are curious, that game is on Game Pass. I would recommend it to you. Very cool art style as well. That's something that's been on my list as well uh, for a bit. So I'm definitely excited to check it out on on Game Pass as well. Mm -hmm. I've heard good things about the story and like what you're saying, but is like the gameplay fun? Like is the world enjoyable to explore, do you think? Yeah, and I would say to the point of the world being enjoyable to explore, it's because of the art direction. It's so different to anything I've ever seen before. And it's almost spooky in some cases. Like the the goddess of that world is like a little scary, but like still warm. Kind of hard to really describe it to you, but uh, you see her a little bit in the tutorial. But yeah, I think that alone is a, is a good enough reason to, to at least try it out. Um, and I'd say the gameplay is only as fun as... In, as much as you are invested into becoming, I don't know, it's kind of like a one of those games where like a coming of age. So if you're into that kind of storytelling, um, 
the gameplay might hmm, how do i say this <laughs> if you enjoy the story i think the gameplay follows right if it, that makes it sense elevates it i guess or boosts. yeah I, I think i know what you're trying to say mm-hmm. yeah for sure definitely gonna check it out i also got hit up by xbox today before we started the show they messaged me saying hey listen christian you're amazing you're so cool and you work so hard and we're gonna give you this um link to go sign up and go play the halo infinite yes let's go and you know know what i said i marked it as red and i closed the app (laughs) i'm too busy i'm sorry (laughs) what the i got no time man I ain't got no time. I got stuff to do this weekend. I ain't got time to game. Go Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I ain't got the time, man. I'm sorry. Christian replied back and said, thanks, but no thanks. It, are, are you, you serious? I'm on red. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Does somebody want my flight? I'll give it to you. Know, I saw videos of it, and I'm like, you know what? This is cool. It looks like Halo. I'll, I'll like play it this December. Christian, you disappoint me. You disappoint me, son. <laughs> sorry dad moving on to topic right. of the show <laughs> i was like that's your cue you gotta call him <laughs> uh, we're gonna recap the nintendo direct and i, I figure because i mean nintendo dropped a lot on us last week so i'm gonna read five items at a time and then after i read five items we can talk about the ones that seem important to us Does that seem okay yeah sounds good so the direct opened with uh Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak being announced. This is a massive expansion coming summer 2022. Already, uh... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm laughing. The, the direct was like, yeah, hey, let's let's look at some games that are coming uh, winter 2021. Yeah. First game they show. And then the first game they show is next year. I was like, awesome. This is kind of the direct that I wanted. <laughs> uh, then a new boards were revealed for Mario Party Superstar. All boards and minigames. Uh, will be support supported for online play, which is fantastic. Um, Voice of Cards, The Isle Dragon Roars was shown off next, which is a tabletop RPG for the Switch coming October 28th. Then Disco Elysium, the final cut, is coming to Switch on uh, October 12th. So if you haven't played Disco Elysium and you love gaming on the go, I strongly recommend you pick this up. Uh, and then next, the expansion pass for Hyrule Warriors. Age of Calamity was announced coming October 29th. Anything exciting you guys see so far? Um, for me personally, not yet. Damn, <laughs> I, rip. I, yeah, the Mario Party stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, but besides that, that's nothing for me just yet. I, the expansion pass for Hyrule Warriors just made me want two news even more. <laughs> so <laughs> that's what that did to me. But yeah. I echo those sentiments. Okay. How about you, Christian? Anything jump out? Mario Party, baby. Let's go. Some of the best Mario Party boards and games coming back. I know I I was mad at them for releasing a new Mario game right when they released online play for the new one, but now I'm like, you know what? Who cares? I'm going to buy this one anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on to the next five items, then, I suppose. Chocobo GP. Maybe this one's for real. Coming to Switch next year. (laughs) And then a new Direct was announced within this Direct which is the last Smash Bros. Fighter was set to be revealed at, at the next Smash Direct held on October 5th. You're not me waiting long. That's next week. Then uh, this was leaked earlier in the morning, but it was officially uh, announced. Kirby and the Forgotten Land was revealed and is coming spring 2022. We love some 
uh, apocalypse pink for uh, pink boy flooring. It looks very cool. And then this is for specifically for me and Ro. Okay, <laughs> Animal Crossing dir- uh, direct announced for October. Rooster and the Roost are coming this November. Are you freaking kidding me? Yes. Who's Rooster uh, and the Roost? <laughs> Rooster is this owl who uh, has his own coffee shop, and the roost is the coffee shop. And in the mornings and at night, KK Slider comes in and plays little ditties, and you, you get to sit there and have coffee and enjoy some music, and it's the best. Beautiful. It's literally it's the best. Thing. Yes. <laughs> uh, and la- and then Mario, new Mario Golf content was shown off, available that same day. Uh, two new courses and two new golfers, Koopa and Ninji. And I'll stop there for now. Nice. Uh, for for me, Chocobo GP, of course, of course. That's the no. When I saw this, like, oh my god, we need a Mario Kart eight nine more than ever. The world needs to be healed. What is going on here? Um, but for anybody who's interested in Chocobo GP, please have a fun time. That's just not for me. But I did want to ask, what? Who do you guys think is going to be the the Smash character for next week? Because it's gonna it's gonna be before we mm-hmm. go live on Wednesday, so I was, I was wondering if we do like a quick prediction as to who do you think might be the character. Well, it's I know Dan's prediction. Yeah, it's funny you yeah, say I that because I predicted <laughs> Master Chief last yeah. week for them to announce it. They didn't announce I don't think Master Chief's actually going to be the character, but I think that would be cool. However, I think it would be interesting. Now, bear with me here. What about the, and I, I apologize to every Bayonetta fan right now. I don't know the the lead character's name. So the chick Bayonetta. From, is that her name? <laughs> oh, okay. Bayonetta. I think yeah. Bayonetta because Bayonetta three. Isn't she already in Smash? She's already in the, she's already in the game yeah. too. What? <laughs> they literally have everyone. What the hell? Okay, well then I'm just an idiot. So uh, I don't know. Okay, I'm going back to Master Chief. Master Chief. Fair, fair, fair. Um, I I know that I predicted Hollow Knight, but people I said this on on Twitter, and people were pointing out that we'd probably get um, Shovel Knight before we see the Knight from Hollow Knight in the game, which makes actually sense now that I think about it. Um, and I know people were really campaigning for Sora to come in, but I would love it if it's just another character from another Fire Emblem game. It'd be hilarious. It won't be that. <laughs> That'd be wow. I yeah. <laughs> I hope he doesn't do that. That'd be funny though. It definitely would be. Um, How about you, bro? I, I would love Sora to come. I don't think that's going to happen. That is my hope. I would love Sora to come. I love that guy. Um, but I think it's going to be Crash. Crash Bandicoot. From, uh, oh, yeah. oh! I think that's who they're going to choose. Hmm. That seems... I don't know. That seems like a good good way to end it. I feel like everybody across the board would be happy hmm. with that. I feel like that'll please everyone. A little bit, at least. Mark my words. If they put Crash in the game, I will log on to my Switch and buy all the fighter packs immediately. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, for the, for the rest of the list, Kirby. Yes, 3D Kirby. Let's go. I can't wait for that. <laughs> um, and of course, Animal Crossing, as you talked about as well. I can't wait for an entire uh, Animal Crossing Direct. Uh, if, it, if they just show us the Brewster Cafe and that's it for the entire Direct, totally fine with that. Fine with that. <laughs> I Man, can't wait for November and October for the direct, but November for the, the cafe to come back because I haven't played Animal Crossing in a hot minute, so that's definitely gonna bring me back. Dan, how about you? Any cool stuff you see here? Probably the Smash Brothers fighter, just to see who it was, who it's gonna be. Like Rose said, uh, I'm 
think we're all just waiting to see what that final character is if they don't do another fighter pass after that which they're saying they won't but you know i didn't expect them to have over 100 characters in the game but here we are (laughs) insane Uh, dude yeah in fact i didn't even know one of them was in it so there you go uh but yeah the rest of this doesn't do anything crazy for me because uh, I'm not a huge 3D Kirby fan, uh, so I don't know. Well, yeah, is this the first one? Or was was six, 64 was 3D? Was it? Yeah. I don't. I actually don't know. I'm just just. I don't remember. My butt. Yeah. There but is Kirby I, Air Ride though. Yes. Kirby oh Air Ride. God. The best Kirby game. Yes. Also, I shame like on you guys. <laughs> because the the Mario Golf DLC rocks. Those two courses are hard AF, dude. I was struggling to get uh, just to finish off the the whole eighteen holes with both of them with at zero and or like one under par. It was so incredibly tough, but <laughs> a lot of fun. I just haven't played yet. I think that I might get that for my payday coming up. I've been saying that I want to get it, just haven't gotten it yet. But just maybe. let dude, let me know. I'm teeing off like three nights a week. Heck yeah. Okay, that that makes me want to get it even more. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. KOTOR is coming to Switch. Not the remake that was announced earlier, but the original KOTOR, which I think is actually very cool to have that ported uh, onto the Switch. Very cool to see that there. Dying Light 2 Cloud version coming to Switch somehow. I don't understand it. <laughs> oh, respect for them to get, getting that able to work. That's incredible stuff. Uh, no longer pro- project, but Triangle Strategy launching on Switch on... Oh, what did I write here? uh looks like march 4th 2022 <laughs> they put it as three quarters that's not what i yeah. <laughs> uh a big announcement n64 and sega genesis coming to nintendo switch online expansion pack uh, a wireless n64 controller and a genesis controller were revealed uh, there as well um great tweet online of people saying that you know nintendo spoils of war just showing off the Sega Genesis, like, yeah, we <laughs> beat your ass in the 90s. We're going to do it again now, I guess. Uh, and then Shadowrun Trilogy is coming to Switch next year. Any any exciting stuff here for these for these five items? Uh, for, for me, it's Triangle Strategy. Uh, definitely, I loved Octopath Traveler, and I'm excited to see what they do with, with this game. And it looks just as beautiful as Octopath Traveler. Um, so yeah, definitely excited to see that in uh, March 4th, possibly, or maybe the third quarter is what, is what you wrote there. I don't know. <laughs> who, knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows? <laughs> and definitely the N64 and Sega Genesis stuff uh, is really cool, too. Um, there's a lot of games that I just completely missed out on that generation that I am actually interested to go back and try. I have the entire SNES stuff there, the, the NES stuff there, and I just... Just stuff that I don't really want to try. N64 is another beast, though. I definitely want to jump in and play uh, a lot of the games that they're that they're bringing uh, with that expansion. So definitely excited for that. Yeah, the I think the interesting thing for this list is Dying Light 2, like you said, Christian, mm-hmm. uh, somehow coming. And uh, it is a cloud version, which means you need internet connection to play the game. But... It is interesting because when they did the Resident Evil game that was the cloud edition, like near the launch of the Switch, people were like, man, are we going to get a whole bunch of games now on the Switch that are going to be like this cloud version? So we'll still get, you know, all these, you know, third party games on the Switch. 
but we really haven't gotten many that are like that, that, that cloud version. I think there's been a few, but nothing crazy. So it is kind of surprising uh, to see like a big, you know, a big third party game that's coming out this fall, you know, coming to switch in this capacity. So that's kind of cool. Um, and yeah, the N64 and Sega Genesis thing was, is interesting to me. Uh, I love N64 and I love that era of games. However, like it did seem a little weird to me that Nintendo didn't announce pricing for this. Like, I feel like if it was like a small upgrade in pricing, like five dollars, they would have announced it. So I'm almost wondering if they're gonna, it's gonna be like a substantial uh, increase uh, in pay for that. Um, which I don't know if that's worth it or not. It's it's almost the same problem with Sony with backwards compatibility. They're making you pay for backwards compatibility, whereas just offering backwards compatibility like Microsoft right. has been doing. But yeah, uh, I think it's cool that they're finally bringing N64 games to the Switch, and hopefully that continues. But I'm glad I'm glad you stopped, highlighted that because that was one of the places I want to stop at. And this harkens back to the you know topic of the show uh, name, which is "Are we happy with Nintendo?" Um, yeah, like like Dan said, this announcement, while cool and interesting, there's still a lot of questions left that I, I would would have liked to see answered. Like one of those being pricing model. What does the expansion pack look like? Um, as well as uh, you know, will existing controllers be supported? Like I would love to be able to play you know some of these games with uh, the pro controller. Like, I don't know if it'll it'll work, but you know, do I do I have to go out and buy one of these controllers? Or how you know are those going to be available? Um, what does pricing look like for those battery life, et cetera, et cetera? I just I don't know, but I'd love to get more details here. Yeah, I I hope it's not a huge increase in price like like Dan uh, was talking about. I I could see it being like maybe five ten dollars, but knowing Nintendo, it it could be more. Just like it's it's Nintendo sixty four. Of course, you're gonna pay for it, and you probably will. But I I don't think that they're gonna make you purchase the uh the controllers I, I just say that because they've done the snes controllers for the uh god damn it <laughs> for the the first expansion they made controllers for those uh those games that they have on there too so i i hope that they won't make you purchase them just because yeah yeah sorry so i'm a dummy and in in the picture, we have both the pricing for the oh, controllers, oh, $50, $50 each. And in the fine print below, it says that controllers are optional and not required to play the N64 uh, Switch Online or Sega games, which, okay. Great. Um, that is just me being ignorant and not full print on a picture. <laughs> so I, I guess I have to take back my kind of anger at Nintendo. This is actually kind of cool now. <laughs> um, but still, we there are still, of course, like we talked about, some some concerns about pricing models. We'll see how the yeah. expansion pass um, lays out. Would love to see some GameCube uh, yes. expansion Ooh. make it its way. That somebody, I would actually think. Sh- sorry, somebody made like a, a the games that could possibly come, and obviously Kirby Air Ride was was one of them. Oh. And I retweeted that, and I was like, that would be so cool. Please, Nintendo, mm-hmm. do that. I would want that over Game Boy Advance any day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, that would be awesome. Absolutely. Moving on to our final items here from the Direct. Castlevania Advanced Collection was announced and it was available that same day. Actraiser Renaissance was also available that same day. Deltarune Chapters 1 and 2 are coming to Switch. Very cool. I still need to get to those. Um, And then this is the big one. This is the one that people are still talking about today. Memes left and right, guys. 
Miyamoto reveals that the Mario movie is coming holiday 2022, but that's not the meme. No, the meme is the voice class, the voice cast, which includes Chris <laughs> Pratt as Mario, Anya Taylor Joy as Peach, Charlie Day as Luigi, Jack Black as Bowser, Keegan Michael Key as Toad, Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong, Char- Charles Martinet, the original voice of Mario, as surprise cameos. <laughs> Uh, and then a few others, including Fred Armisen as Cranky Kong. Uh, first and foremost, what are your thoughts on on the the casting here? That's that's the big question. Well, uh, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. <laughs> my my question is like, why why are we recasting Mario in a animated Mario movie? That's what I'm not understanding. I guess. I guess that's my biggest like complaint. Like, wh- what is the purpose of recasting the you know main voice actor for Mario? And I know he's in here in like some kind of like surprise capacity, but it, I guess it's because they want to do like more of a Hollywood type of movie, but in an animated yeah. form. Which I guess that makes sense, but it is a little bit weird because it's like I can't picture Chris Pratt playing Mario, like. I just that, that image doesn't pop into my head, uh, and Seth Rogen playing Donkey Kong is such a weird. But it, it, I mean, it makes sense in terms of like the craziness of it. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm very interested to see like our first like trailer of this movie to see like how this cast works together and what it sounds like. I don't know. That picture belongs in a museum, dude. That picture <laughs> of Chris Pratt as Mario. That is in the most epic picture I've ever seen in my entire life. Ro, what was your reaction when you saw this? I I was at a loss for words after, like, I saw Chris Pratt as Mario, and I was like, oh, okay, and then I just kept going. And, was, and then Anna Taylor-Joy showed up and was like, okay, that's that's interesting. I don't mind that. That sounds cool. And then it just kept going, and Michael Key as, as, as Toad, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> um I think it'll be fun. I, when it does come out, I think I'm going to enjoy it as much as I did the Sonic movie. It being animated is even better. It's not like a, a Mario's dropped into the real world sort of situation. So that that excites me that it's probably going to be able to do a lot of fun stuff with animation. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it, it is so weird to have the voice actor of Mario in it, but not. And again, like Daniel said, it it's an animation. You don't you don't have to see his face. It's the voice. Um, so I thought that was a little weird, but I'm, I'm assuming it's because, like you both said, it's trying to appeal to more uh, a, a wider audience. And if you put Chris Pratt's name and not the voice of Mario, I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. That's why I keep calling him the voice of Mario. Charles Martinet. Uh, that, thank you. Charles Martinet. Uh, on, on a poster, less people are probably going to come see it as opposed to Chris Pratt, the Star-Lord, Guardians of the Galaxy guy. So. There's definitely a wider appeal to having him as the the voice actor, and who knows, maybe he'll do a great job. It's just it's just weird, it's just off putting to to see that <laughs> that picture. I'm sorry, I, I don't, I don't, I don't. When I think Chris Pratt, I'm like, yeah, this guy can totally do impressions and voices. Yeah. Like, no, it's it's always just Chris Pratt just being different versions of Chris Pratt. He's he's gonna do like the Italian voice for like one second. I saw this on. So he's gonna do. Let's go. He's gonna do that, and he's gonna. Call and then he's going to yeah. just talk normal. It's just, it's, that's so sad, but that's probably what's going to happen. He's going to talk like Chris Pratt as Mario. And yet memes aside, I'll probably be in the theater day one Absolutely. to witness this because there's no way I'm going to, I'm going to miss this movie. Absolutely. Yeah. 
there, I'll show you guys later, but there's this funny meme of Keegan-Michael Key uh, as Toad, and he's doing the Aeron scene, oh. and it's hilarious. Yeah, I know. I saw that. Yeah. It's so funny. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> so to wrap, to wrap up this conversation here, I, I know just going back to the, the title of the show, is I know Nintendo usually does like some kind of um, direct in September. Usually we think of it as one of the bigger ones that they do uh, within the year. Obviously, E3 is kind of the, the bigger one as well. Um, considering the direct they had this last week and the one they had in E3, overall, are you happy with the direction of Nintendo or are you wanting to see a bit more? For me, it, it's I'm seeing stuff that I do want to see, but in other cases, it seems like kind of half measures. Stuff like that like aren't necessarily like being improved on. Like when I think of the the online specifically, like I would love to see like they also added the Bluetooth integration into the console recently, so I can use my headphones. But I still have to use the app if I want to talk to other people online or or use other services. So there's still a lot of improvements to be made on the Switch itself, um, and yet they're coming out with a lot of first party games that I'm like really excited for. Games like Breath of the Wild two or whatever it's called. Um, you know, the next Donkey Kong that's rumored that's coming out, and of course, Metroid Dread that comes out this year. So, just kind of want to ask you guys how you feel about the state of Nintendo so far. Yeah, I agree with a lot of what you just said, Christian. And, uh, like, they do have, I feel like, a lot of things that they need to improve upon, and like games that people have been clamoring for, like a new Mario Kart. Like, we haven't gotten that since Wii U generation, uh, a new one. Um, so that's interesting that they're kind of, you know, taking a step back, I guess, from those franchises, but it's also good because they're experimenting with other franchises as well. So it's kind of give and take there, but, um, yeah. And they also finally announced Bayonetta three is coming next year, which is like, Oh, I forgot to include that in the, in here, didn't I? Oh, I, yeah. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Bayonetta three is coming. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm okay. No, yeah, I I think that's, I mean, that was definitely something that people have been clamoring for because the game was announced like four years ago, I think, at the Game Awards. So uh, it's good to see that finally coming out. But yeah, like you said, they have a lot of improvements that they need to do on the services side of Nintendo. Um, Obviously, the games are going to be there. Their first party games are going to be there. But yeah, the services are definitely uh, still lacking. How about you, Ryan? Uh, I know you're a big Switch player. Yeah, I, I love my Switch, absolutely. I definitely agree with what you guys are saying about services and stuff like that. Um, but Nintendo could definitely take uh, their time when it comes to that kind of thing. As as we've talked about before, uh, with, like, out of the three companies, Nintendo definitely gets the, the biggest pass. And that's for a number of reasons. One is that they make fantastic games, and they know that we're going to show up every time they they make one of them despite of all all the weird backwards decisions that they they tend to make very very often so it's it's definitely an interesting situation where it it's it's going to take a lot for me to not show up on a nintendo console day one and play their magical games because i don't agree with some of the things that they're doing uh, uh on the consumer friendly and super unfriendly, I guess, in this situation side of things. Um, so there's definitely some changes I, I want to see. Absolutely. Uh, do I think Nintendo's going to make them? Uh, not anytime soon, because it took them this long to just do the Bluetooth thing. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think I'm in a place where I am content with where Nintendo is is heading. It doesn't really impact me too much. The, the, the changes that I want to see, 
doesn't impact me too much because I don't really play Nintendo for online stuff, um, despite wanting those features to be there just because it's about time for those features to be there. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty happy with the games that are on, on the way and I'm, I'm having a great time with my Switch. OLED is coming out in a couple of weeks too. I'm, I'm contemplating even picking that up. So yeah, definitely happy Nintendo player right now. Before we end, um, do they have cloud saves yet? I know people were kind of, you know, people always talk about like if their Switch never dies, they aren't able to you know, they, save their stuff or transfer their saves over. I think they do. To, to my knowledge, they do. Yeah, I think um, you have to have a Nintendo online, but yeah. Yep. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Which is fair. That's yep. fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Alrighty, that just leaves our... Uh, I'm going to run by our predictions we made last week really quickly and uh, assign our points here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm moving from left from left to right. So for me, I said that a, Mario, a new Mario Golf course would be shown off. Nailed Two it. of them were shown off. <laughs> uh, Silk Song coming this year. Unfortunately, we haven't didn't hear a peep from Silk Song. Um, the Knight revealed as the next Smash character. We didn't get a new re- character reveal at all. Um, and then I gave a fourth prediction, which is the N64 Mini is real coming this holiday. Which, uh, the Mini is not real. You were very close to there. You were very close, you know. I was on to something. You were on to something. Uh, yeah. One point there for the Mario Golf. Row Demon Turf coming to Switch with a date. Unfortunately, the Demon Turf was not at, at the, uh, the Direct here, so sorry, buddy. Uh, you did say there'd be an Animal Crossing update, any kind of word, and we, yeah, we, we did get that indeed. So you're at one point. And you said that the Game Boy, uh, the Game Boy games are coming to Switch, which that was not at the direct. Sorry, Dan. Crazy new <laughs> IP coming this fall. No. Now, do we want to give you half points for Chocobo GP? Because that is mm. just bonkers enough. Okay. That All right. Crazy. I'll take that half is- a point. I'll take the pity <laughs> half point because I'm looking at okay. these other predictions and mm, not good. Master Chief is the next Smash <laughs> character. Sorry, buddy. Of course, we already said that no character was real. But who knows? Maybe next week, right, Dan? Maybe, yeah. True, true. And God, I wanted this to be true. The Wii U port of Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess HD are coming to Switch. Yeah. Uh, alas, not, not today. Not today. So Dan with half a point. Uh, me and Ro with one point. Yes. Look at us, buddy. Look JPS. at us. High five. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for joining us, uh, all of us here on Podcast BXN. Uh, thank you for watching live on YouTube and on Twitch, as well as podcast services everywhere, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher. No more Periscope. RIP. <laughs> thank you, Ro. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, me. I am Christian, and this has been Podcast PXN, and we are out. Say, say the thing, Dan. Much love, like love and keep on gaming. Yeah. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>